Well, hey, welcome guys to the uh, Untrapped Entrepreneur Season 2. As you guys know, this is about marriage and work. Um, I was just chatting with, uh, with Lila and Jeremy. We've got some folks on this season that are doing it together and then some that are doing it separate. So this is the doing it together episode, which I'm fascinated about because you guys both know my wife and uh, she's been involved in our business for years, um, but it's been really difficult. And I think I could probably learn a lot uh, from both of you uh, doing, uh, doing Hari Mari together. So welcome uh, Lila and Jeremy here from Hari Mari, a, a fellow Dallas company, which I love that. And uh, yep. for those of you that are on video, I'll tease this out. I already told you this a commercial is going to involve a sandal that I absolutely <laughs> love. Um, well, hey, guys, before we jump into all the marriage stuff, for those that are not familiar with Hari Mari, just give us the, the story. How did you guys start and um, how long have you been in business? All that good stuff. Go ahead. We are almost 12 years old. We're, as you mentioned, a Dallas brand and um, known for premium and comfort. Kind of a long story about how we got started, so I'll do it as quickly as I can. But we're from Dallas, born and raised. Had a really cool opportunity back in 2007 to move to Jakarta, Indonesia. And so we did. Um, Jeremy's work took us over there. Sold our cars and put what little we owned in storage and took off and spent three years living there. Jeremy was working on quite a few projects, um, one of which was producing a documentary film about malnutrition, how it affected kids in Southeast Asia. I got on the board for the American Women's Association, spent my time helping kids in and around Jakarta. So we had this crazy, wild, rewarding, sad, kind of all the things experience there for the three years that we were there. So when we moved back in 2010, we wanted to do something philanthropic, wanted to start our own business, do our own thing set our sights on flip-flops for a ton of reasons. We just noticed that um, the market was, you know, it's kind of same flip-flop, same story, black, brown, surf brands, and nothing new and fresh on the scene in the three years that um, we were gone. And so we decided to come to market and focus on color, comfort, premium, be different by, by doing it out of Texas, but being a lifestyle brand versus a surf brand. And so um, Hari in the Indonesian language means of the sun, Mari in Latin of the sea. So kind of a fun play on words pertaining to flip-flops and sandals, which allows us to bring it full circle. And so here we are, fast forward, as I mentioned, 11 years and, and doing it here from Dallas. And thanks for having us here today to talk about it. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah, th thank you guys so much for coming. And we have a lot of common friends. Um, so uh, I've heard about you all for years and was a buyer of the product many years ago. And uh, we just happened to meet recently, Lyle and I did, and, and Jeremy and I just now. Um, tell us a little bit about the kind of the conception of the, of, the, um, of the business. Like, it's a big industry. I imagine a lot of people probably told you, like, what are you doing? That's silly. Why sandals? It's competitive. You have no experience in it. I don't think you guys were professional sandal makers before this. No. Um, no. I want our audience to just hear um, some of that very early on feedback that you got and how you overcame some of that before we jump into the uh, uh, to the marriage stuff. So we chose sandals and flip flops for, for a few different reasons. Um, really quickly, I mean, like Lyle said, the, the industry was stayed, it's boring. It's filled with a bunch of legacy brands, been around for 50, 60 years. 
Uh, most of those here that are based in the U.S. are based in California. And for us, one of the interesting things we found when we started the business is the growth area, the growth geography uh, in flip-flops and sandals is really no longer in the coast. Uh, you know, we're, we're born in surf culture, but it's really in the south and southeastern um, states and landlocked cities and uh, the U.S. And so for us, doing something new from, you know, the backyard of the growth geography here in Texas was really interesting and compelling. Um, we also chose it because at the time, I mean, this is, as you know, you look back at these things, you're like, wow, they're such dumbasses. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it would be the, like the least capital intensive and the easiest, the lowest hanging fruit of a few different ideas we had. Um, and so, and it seemed like it would be easy, you know, to get into. Um, so, uh, yeah, some of it was just, you know, uh, being oblivious to, the truths <laughs> of how hard uh, consumer is and how hard footwear is in general. Um, and so that's why when I think we told our, our parents, I think it was one of our first, the, the very first people we discussed this idea with outside of ourselves, we told our parents, we said, we're going to start a new company. We're going to, we're going to start a flip flop company. Mm-hmm. And I think they looked at us and were like, you're going to, you're going to flip houses. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then when we told them, no, no, we mean like sandals. We're like, Oh, that's even worse. Like, yeah. like, like, they literally laugh their asses off. They're like, that is the worst idea we've ever heard. Um, let's, let's try to talk you guys out over for a couple hours. Um, Keep in mind, I'm mm-hmm. pregnant at the time and we just bought our first home. So we have our first mortgage and um, they thought we were just nuts. And it was quickly followed by, but you're not in California. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was, after you're crazy it's then they, they realized we were serious about it so then they started asking kind of more reasonable questions and one of which was uh, you know i've always said that there's never a perfect time to have kids and there's never a perfect time to start a business and you talk to people about both of those um and they're waiting right like oh, i'm gonna have kids in five years i'm gonna have it in 10 years i'm gonna get you know get my school loans paid off first i'm gonna do this that perfect time never comes. Same thing with the with starting a business. I'm going to save up enough money, and then I'm going to do it, th- and then I'm going to do it down the road. And so, I always encourage people. It's like if you have a desire to do either one of those, um, what are you waiting for? Yep. And that might that might be stupid, you know, Jeremy. To your point, I've been called stupid and all kinds of things my whole life, um, especially in regards to business, because I had no experience. I was not a, a hair cutter. Still, I'm not. Um, I opened my business in '08 two weeks before Lehman brothers collapsed when I got my SBA loan. So I had a lot of that, that good feedback. Um, What's your perspective on that? And like, did you guys as a couple say, we're going to start our own business one day. It was just a matter of time. And then, or did it just kind of happen? It kind of happened. I'll allow to speak more to it. But I think to to your point earlier, like there's at least an entrepreneurialism. The good news is there's a very fine line between, you know, stupidity and genius. And, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, any given hour, you can kind of find yourself on either side of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's the thrill, right? And, um, and the thrill is the, the kind of challenge of trying to err, <laughs> hopefully more on the genius side than, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least the, the somewhat smart side versus the, uh, you know, absolute, uh, absolutely stupid side. So, um, you know, hopefully that's, you're right. It's the ready aim, 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 and never fire syndrome is prevalent and, I think the, the more people know that they just have to take the shot and figure it out. You know, it's like building the airplane on takeoff, right? It's just mm-hmm. the, what it is. And, it always, and, and, 
And it always is that way. I mean, there's never, even when you're in business for a decade, it's still that way a lot of the time. So ready, fire, aim. I, ju I was just at a conference yeah. yesterday and I saw Mike Beckham speak of simple modern. I don't know if you guys yeah. know him or have been following him. And, um, he talked about this moment in his business where it was right before prime day or black Friday season and Amazon shut off his account. And this was like three years ago. And he's like, okay. And if we don't get this account turned on, we'll, we'll probably go bankrupt and I'll be basically the stupidest guy on the planet. Right? Why did you hire so many people? Why did you put all of your business into one channel? Amazon it was like 99% of their business at the time. Um, and they got their account flipped back on and then they had a great Black Friday and then kind of the rest is history and he's brilliant and he really is a brilliant guy. I really enjoyed his speech. Um, but yeah, there is, there is a very, there's a very fine line, right? Between, between genius and just absolute utter failure. Um, speaking of that, you guys have been able to achieve something that um, is, is really uncommon, right? Not only just being in business for 11, 12 years, because we all know the, the failure rates are really high. They're out there 85% in three years or 95% in five years. But you stayed in business for over a decade. You stayed married for that long too. 60% <laughs> of, of marriages end in divorce minimum these days. And so to actually do both and to have you know children, like I was mentioning this on one of the other episodes, I think we should, we would probably classify ourselves in like the 0.1%. We've got to be right. If we can check like three or four of these boxes. Um, so you didn't necessarily plan to, to do this, but it has worked out and there's been a lot of, of ups and downs. Um, you mentioned when, when we we're um, going through the, the Q and a um, staying in your lane. And I'm a, I'm a believer in that. I want to dive a little bit deeper into what that means for you guys to make it work because y'all are operating the business. Just to be clear, y'all are both working in the business all the time. Yeah. We're both eight days a week. All Hari Mari. Okay. All right. This is fascinating to me. Lauren and I have not figured out how to do that completely. Um, what does that mean? What does staying in your lane mean to you guys? Well, it's certainly evolved over the years. And when we first started the business, uh, we did not have that piece of it figured out because it was really just the two of us and my younger brother helping when he could. Um, so at that point in time in the beginning, we were just kind of doing everything, figuring out what all needed to be done and, and, and diving in. But our strengths naturally are, are what they are. Jeremy runs one side of the business. I write, run the other side of the business and basically e-com and wholesale essentially. And there's a long list of other things that we do, but that's where our strengths lie essentially. And so once we figured out that we needed to stay within those lanes, that's when we got really good at working together. And that's why this works. Was and there, let me stop you real quick. Cause I'm, sure. I, I'm like, I'm genuinely, I've got, I'm taking notes. Okay. On this <laughs> for myself. Was there, <laughs> was there, a, <laughs> was there a moment in time? Cause I've, I'll share a story, but was there a moment in time when you realized this is not working. We're stepping over each other. Like you mentioned finding out that you had your lanes. Was there an event that happened or multiple events or something where you said, we got to figure this, this out? Yeah. I think it's when, um, our first two employees, um, started to hide under their desks <laughs> <laughs> during a heated conversation. Uh, 
we all we, we used to we started out of one room um mm-hmm. and uh there were five or four of us in, in one room and so uh, obviously every conversation is audible mm-hmm. um and ours was certainly very audible and i think we, <laughs> we had it you know a few times and um i think that's when we realized that we needed to figure out what those lanes were and then and try to stick to them which is really difficult yeah you're you're fighting in front of the kids is what you're saying yeah yeah. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I get that. Um, what about reporting relationships? Does, does, does someone report into the other or there's, you guys are completely separate. Like you're the, you're the Kings and Queens of your own lanes. Well, then, then naturally, um, I report everything to, uh, Delilah. Uh, That's a very good as, answer. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> as all good husbands do. I think that it's funny because a lot of our, our team assumes that we talk and we, we have this, you know, two-way flow of information all the time. I wish it were that way. Um, but a lot of times we don't. A lot of times, you know, when we first started, let's put it this way, when we first started Hari Mari, we agreed, we thought we were agreeing that we would never bring business home. It was like, let's keep everything at, at work and then we'll come home, we'll kind of switch on our personal lives. And that lasted for a night, right? Yeah. And in the last 12 years, minus that one night, it's we take everything home. And that's the, that's the I think, one of the true benefits of having your spouse and business partner um, kind of rolled up in one because you have that person in the foxhole with you that you that on, only could get what you're talking about, mm. only could you know see all the different things, that, the different sides and angles that, that you're seeing. And they could only give you really good, well-informed advice. And I think that works both ways. And, um, and I think that uh, anything else is is, you know, uh, really difficult. We always talk all the time how difficult it would be to be a single, singular CEO yep. without somebody as a true equal to kind of bounce ideas, decisions, thoughts off of. Um, I think it'd be re- pretty, pretty lonely. It's a really church and state though, Ben. I think that um, that's the only, for us, that's the only way that we've made it to hear and had it work. Um, we really do make our own decisions in our own lanes. And if we want the other person's advice, we ask, but um, there's no reporting. There's a whole lot of respect, whether we like the decisions made or not. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's also this understanding that we've got to respect those decisions and we can talk about it. But um, in a way, it's almost like there's two different businesses under one roof. Mm-hmm. Who's e-com and who's wholesale? I'm wholesale and Jeremy's e-com. Okay. And so what skill set did you guys pick up on that was that kind of complemented each of those? Um, Lila, well, Lila has sales background to begin with in a previous, her previous work experience. So when we first started out, she quickly raised her hand and said, I, I want to handle all of the, the wholesale piece of this. And back to your point earlier, I mean, I think she was, you know, eight months pregnant when she was driving around the Southeast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pitching our first accounts and we always joke, we still don't know whether like accounts felt sorry for her because she was yeah. so pregnant and they That's, bought from her it's a good or strategy. if they really liked the product and eventually like we, we don't care with either one, it worked. Uh, and then I, I think, I don't know if I need, I think I, I was, I'm more from a creative background and, and um, kind of analytical background. And so I think e tends to kind of be the marriage of those things anyway. So 
Mm. Um, that's where I just spend my time. Have you guys done any uh, personality tests, anything to like better define, like self-actualize or learn more about each other? Or is it just kind of, you know, being married, kind of growing up together, you've learned all of those little kind of skill sets and nuances? We probably should have done some of those. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's never too late. (laughs) I've taken every one if you want advice on on those. Um, Yeah, so so I think for me, um, that was one of our first steps, like, was learning more about ourselves. Like we, we did that early on. We took all of these different personalities. I was trying to figure out what, what we should be doing. There were some natural, you know, I think tendencies. Lauren is very creative, like design. She designed all the locations, um, kind of handled all of the construction. I'm much more analytical. So you do naturally settle in, but some of these things we didn't, um, we didn't realize until we started to learn more about ourselves, just from like a scientific standpoint that, um, you know, she's not necessarily the best like people manager and, and developer of people, but people love her. And so mm-hmm. she's a very inspiring leader. And mm-hmm. so you pick up on these little nuances where it's like, she's a leader, I'm a leader, but we've got different um, strengths within those. And those, those we've kind of learned not to cross over. So if you need someone to get you really excited about something, Lauren's, Lauren's it. If you need... She's a great public speaker too. She really well, is. And she, well, and the, the crazy thing is she hated public speaking for years, yeah. but um, the feedback she kept getting was she was really inspirational. Um, so I do highly recommend uh, 16personalities.com. It's a free yeah. test. We took it. We were all at, uh, at dinner together at the Chinese restaurant and the whole family took it, all five of us. And we were, minds were blown. We're like, oh my gosh, it's 100% accurate. Um, so I would recommend that one. Um, how many kids do you guys have? We say we have three. Um, okay. Marimari being our most temperamental. <laughs> um, but we have a, a daughter who is 12 and a son who is eight. Okay. So would you want them to be entrepreneurs? Would you recommend that, that life for them? Sure. Yeah. Whenever they wanted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think, uh, Ours are 17, almost 16 and, and 13. I think one is probably wired for it and the other two may or may not be. Um, what about college? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think that we've, I don't know if we've changed our minds on it, but it seems like um, for whatever reason, college is seemingly becoming less and less important to us um, for them, um, but really mm-hmm. up to them. But, yeah, you know, we... We, I think we try, both of our parents uh, were, um, you know, self-employed or entrepreneurs growing up. And we, I think both had experiences going to work with them. Um, and I think that's important for us. So we bring our kids a lot uh, to, to our office quite a bit, to our warehouse <laughs> quite a bit, you know, have them chip in, have them, you know, tiny hands build boxes very well. Yeah. Um, so we, I had mine them. shining shoes when they had real small hands. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the uh, Texas Workforce Commission doesn't listen to your podcast. That's but, right, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, they, we, we get them involved. I think that, that that was a piece that growing up maybe somehow led to us being here and kind of having the personalities that we do to, to want to tackle, you know, entrepreneurial um, challenges and, 
Uh, hopefully they feel the same, and whether that includes college or not, I think we're I think we're a little bit more indifferent than we were before we had kids. To be honest. Yeah, totally. I mean, our generation was, uh, I think, probably the last generation that was told you have to go to college in order to get a good job, in order to yeah. make a living. And um, it seems yeah. like that conversation has changed completely. And then, yeah. you know, us in the entrepreneurial community, I haven't met a single entrepreneur on the show or off the show that said absolutely mandatory. You've got to do it. Um, it's probably that way just across the, um, the entire American population, but yeah, I, I feel the same way. Anymore. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't even look at it yeah. anymore in resumes. I look at experience. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you how many people apply for our sales concierge jobs, kind of our front desk job, um, with bachelor's degrees that can't find a job anywhere and have no skills whatsoever. Um, they're unhireable. Um, so yeah, I think the, you know, you have Google and all these others kind of throwing out the, the degree requirements that, um, I, I don't think it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the easiest part. Cause Jeremy, you kind of mentioned this is like, there's some, everyone thinks about it being hard. Oh my gosh, you're working with your spouse. I could never do that. Right. <laughs> we hear that all the time. How could, that's gotta be crazy. You guys take visits to, to a home too. And it's like, what is easy about it? Do you think just doing what you guys do together every day, like maybe even a competitive advantage, like thank God we're, we're married and doing this together yeah. because we're, 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 we're way ahead of everybody else in some regard. I think that, I think we both have very, uh, we're both very hard workers. And, um, I think as every entrepreneur, is and has to be it's in it's in your dna and so we we don't shut it off very well so it's kind of a you know 24 hour seven day a week type deal and i think that was that's always been us and in having had the benefit in hindsight of working separately from one another and i think lila could probably speak to it better but when our first three years of being married um she never saw me i mean we were we were married, we were living under one roof and, but I was gone all the time. And that I think created a lot of, um, resentment and a lot of friction in our relationship and, um, a lot of wondering, like, where are you? What are you doing? What could be more important than us? You know? Mm. And I think that now that we share this together and, and have built this together and we know exactly what's going on. Um, even if we don't know the specifics of it, we know, that um, the importance of doing it and the other person not being present at home all the time, I think that that, that makes it a lot more fulfilling, both because of what we have accomplished together, but it also makes the understanding kind of more of a two-way street mm -hmm. of why a person may not be present all the time or why they're doing something that's taken away from you know, family time or from you know, our couple time. Mm -hmm. So I think that piece of it is, yeah. that makes it, way easier because I've been on the other side of it. And that's, that's not a fun, that's not a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. I, also, I also like to, to think, and, and I feel strongly that Jeremy and I are very yin and yang in our personalities, but also professionally. Mm -hmm. And so that makes working together easier, right? You know, I necessarily, I, I might be able to do what Jeremy does, but I don't want to, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't do it nearly as well and, and vice versa. And so that makes it easy. It's a, it's naturally a fit professionally where, um, where I'm weak, he's strong and vice versa. And that's a gift. 
Yeah, it is a gift. I think that is where Lauren and I have run into trouble. I think because we've been together since we were 16 years old and we kind of like grew. We say we've, we've raised each other, right? We, we both came from families that, you know, they, they had their issues in terms of uh, how we were raised. <laughs> so we had to raise ourselves in some cases, not that we had, you know, a uh, horrible upbringing, but um, we were young and we kind of raised each other. And I think we have a lot of, we know a hundred percent of each other's history. You know, we um, found common interest and everything has been in common, like our whole, our whole existence, right? Been married longer than we've been, uh, than we were alive at that time. And so I, Jeremy, I think you're right that the additional context that you naturally get, you know, like if Lila's in a bad mood or if she's, you know, not doing something that maybe you want her to do and vice versa, like you already have all this context, you know, mm -hmm. like something happened with the kids. And then with, with team members, you know, you see someone start out great. They interview great. The first six months is great. And then it's like the next day, six month and one day, it's like a monster walks in. It's like a totally different human. And you're going, Hey, is something wrong? Nope. Nothing's wrong. And you're missing all of that context. So, um, I think, I think you're right. I think that's super helpful. Um, you know, to, to have that, I think that's looking back over the last 15 years for me, I think that's, uh, that's certainly been a competitive advantage for us. I actually think that, um, I think most, when we tell people we married, you started a business together, the reaction is pretty similar. Uh, it's like, I don't understand how you do that. Mm -hmm. And we always say like, it's, you know, yeah, we're, we're still, not only are we still married, we still like each other a lot. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> That's another, well, you're like at a point half percent then. You know? no. Check, check no. that one off. Yeah, you still like each other. We should, we should go buy some lottery tickets while we're out of here. That's um, right, man. No, but we I, we can't imagine it being the other way around and, and not having the benefit of starting a business with your spouse or significant other because of all the, the reasons we just discussed, like the, just lacking the context, lacking the, uh, the input. Um, I, I can't imagine having to come home from, from work and trying to tell my spouse the fires, the fires, yeah, the problems, yeah. like just too much, right? Mm. It's too much, and you, and you obviously don't want to talk about it all the time. And so, I don't know. It's it's you have a you have a, a soundboard. You have somebody you know who's a confidant. You have your person in the foxhole who's helping fight the battles with you. Who can only understand. Like talk about the downs. I mean, the ups are pretty easy, right? The like the the, the valleys with. with and the challenges we've been through as a business, um, I can't imagine trying to relay the context of that or those situations to somebody and have them maybe even still be married. Like, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like that degree of complexity involved in the situations and knowing that it not only it affects your business, but clearly it affects your personal life a lot, you know, it affects, it affects your your income, your well-being, everything, and your mm. ability to kind of do X, Y, and Z. I mean, how many times yeah. like, you know, years past where, you know, hey, that great vacation we were planning on going, uh, not happening anymore. Sorry, like you know, <laughs> the sales didn't work out in X, Y, Z this in this this quarter, and so you know we're going to cut back and we're going to do something else. And I and I can only imagine that conversation probably, and that's a very easy conversation in our household, right? Because we all we get it, but I can imagine that same conversation happening in other households and it just being like a nuclear time bomb. You know? Yeah. What the hell? What do you mean we can't go? You know, but, but you they, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the other person doesn't want to, doesn't maybe want to even hear about the business. Like he does his thing. I do my thing. I don't yeah. know. I've had, I've had spouses have been married for like 10 years. They're like, I still don't know what my husband does yeah. for a living. So yeah, when you come home and drop a bomb on, on the family, because there's no context there whatsoever, it can be devastating. Yeah. Um, what about date night or rituals, sectioned off time, must have? Do you guys have anything like that that you've kind of continued through, um, through the years? Yep. It's helped you reset? Go ahead. Well, one thing that we do like clockwork, just because we love to travel, but we also need something to look forward to is we plan a big trip in the fall and we take it every year regardless. Um, we can't travel in the summer because obviously the, the peak of the business. Um, mm -hmm. so that's important and something we love and really cherish and look forward to doing. Um, what else? Then we try to have a day night once a week. I'm really bad at keeping up with it, but yet kind of like Thursday nights tend to be kind of, you know, our date nights. We make two a month. We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, but yeah. Is I mean, that I think scheduled on the calendar or is that? Yeah, it goes into a Google calendar if, if I'm lucky enough to get it on there. <laughs> <laughs> but we do other things. If, if we can't make a dinner work because we have kids, we love working out. We'll go work out together. We'll squeeze in lunches together, you know, and sometimes they're working, but they're still, you know, it's still special time with just two of us so mm -hmm. we, we we squeeze certain things in when we can kind of based around the ebb and flow of the business but just this last weekend we went to scottsdale and it was the biggest pain in the ass ever to plan it because the kids had so much going on but it was our 15th wedding anniversary and so we made it happen despite how busy nice. we were right so um we we prioritize it and you know maybe it's not scheduled every week at the same time but we make it a priority mm -hmm. i'm sure with you all too it's like you same thing that like you, you had mentioned before, starting a family, starting a business, never an optimal time to do both. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with date night or family family getaways, but I, I think we've learned that even if you're, you work through them, even if you're, I mean, God knows like how many times our kids have had like watches up, like pacing and walking you know, talking on a phone during a family vacation, but it's it's what needs to happen. And, uh, and they understand that, we get it. And, um, and it's never going to be a great time. And there's never, there's no, you know, as you know, Ben, there's no checking out when you're an entrepreneur, right? There's no, no. very few times it, have we ever said, I'm not checking email or I'm not answering phone calls. I mean, I, I can probably count on, you know, one finger. And, um, but I think that ability to blend your personal and professional lives and do it kind of hopefully a little more seamlessly than we did, you know, 12 years ago when we started has allowed us to, to really hopefully get better at it. Yeah. Well, speaking of that has, what's been the biggest change in kind of how you guys take time off or, um, I don't know, just kind of reset, um, from the beginning to, to now, like, or, or is there, obviously you have employees, right? So that helps leverage your time, but, um, anything. So let's just say we've got a new couple that's wants to get advice from you and, and is saying, we're going to start this business together. It's Hari Mari 2, right? 2.0. And we're going to work in it together. And like, we're yin and yang. And you want to fast track them by, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, anything that, uh, that you're doing differently, fundamentally differently now as a couple? Hmm. That's a great question. That is a good question. 
trying to think. I think the first thing that comes to mind would be, at least for us, because our business is so seasonal, um, we really try and take advantage of our non-peak season, right? And make the most of that. Whereas, and not that we're not working our tail feathers off eight days a week, we still are, mm -hmm. but um, we really try and be more intentional about things that we want to do, things that we've been wanting, people we've been wanting to visit with, family we've been wanting to hang out with, um, and turning our phones off um, more so in our non-peak season. And I think when we first started, it was full bore, pedal to metal every month of the year, right? Because mm -hmm. so we felt like we just needed to do that to survive. Mm -hmm. But um, if the business that if Hari Mari too is also seasonal, right, and that's something that they can do to to take advantage of the downtime just for your sanity. Mm -hmm. you know, what what is a uh, off peak for you guys? What months? Um, our season starts slowing down in September and October, and kind of now. And then once Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holidays pick up, we go we start peaking upwards again. So it's really these fall months where um, things are slower and we try and enjoy things that we don't have time to do otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the, I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, being married, but just for entrepreneurs to embrace that blend of work life. I mean, it, because you, you fighting it is going to do everything and everything, everybody a disservice. And mm -hmm. I think what, we've learned it's like leaning into it as much as possible. Like, so for example, I mean, yeah, we went to Phoenix for our 15th anniversary, but it was also a work trip. We had, we had something, <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a reason for going there. We met, you know, met with um, some, some colleagues and mm -hmm. um, on some stuff for next year. And um, I think leaning into it and embracing that and knowing that um, that's never going to be like a Chinese wall or can't be, or at least for us, it can't be. That's not, not like a healthy thing for us. Um, I think that's really important. Mm, yeah. Um, you know what I forgot to do is I forgot to do our commercial, which is good because they'll probably edit it in the middle or something. <laughs> um, so season two is sponsored by the gent store, which you guys know about. And yeah, absolutely. We, we appreciate you, uh, you hopping on board on the gent store. Uh, you, we'll call you part of our, our founding brand partner. How about that? We'll give you that title. Thanks so Hari Mari can't, what's that? Thank you for including Hari Mari. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's so the reason why I did is because I went to a trip to Costa Rica recently and I bought my, uh, my newest best pair of sandals, um, before I went, which I absolutely love these. And I don't know if it's just the design or the comfort or all of it, um, but I love these. And then I don't even know if I should pick these up because I don't know where they've been, but these are Lauren's sandals. So she wore these in Costa Rica. Cool. <laughs> Not a big fan of touching other people's feet. We've been together long enough. So, uh, but Hari Mari is on the gent store. So you guys need to check out, uh, the gent store search Hari Mari. Um, and they really are. They're, they're my favorite sandals. And um, not just saying that because you guys are on the show, but I was, I was looking forward to the day where I could tell you that uh, and tell the rest of the world. Um, so let's, let's close up here. And um, I want to talk about um, kind of going back to that, that couple that is looking to start their own business. And um, you know, they, they want to get a fast track, like I said. Is there anything that you would see in those two that would cause you to um, 
tell them not to do it. Like, you know what has worked well for you. Maybe you've seen couples where you're like, those two shouldn't be working together. Um, anything that you would pick up on there where you'd say, guys, we're, we made it work. It's been great. This is how we do it. But you two, you might want to reconsider. What, what would you see in that couple that might cause you to give them that advice? Or, or would you never do that? I personally would never do that. I um, never do what? Never tell work with your husband? No, tell someone <laughs> not to do it. I, would, I don't know what your answer would be, but I would never tell someone not to do it. You know, we had so many naysayers when we first got started, probably still to, to this day. Mm. I don't think, um, you know, shitting on someone's dreams to, to want to do something with their spouse is my mm. place to do it. Um, I think that people need some positivity in this world. And I think the only thing I would say is, you know, always try and be kind and show some grace if you're going to do it. And, um, it's, cause it's not easy. Right. Mm. But can, can you say that again? <laughs> but I'd, be <laughs> hear, I'd be curious to hear what you think. Yeah. And Lila know. did just so you guys know on her Q and a, she said, I give a, a grace to Jeremy a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> It was 110%. I just rounded down because I thought that can't be true. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, you know, we've had a, the benefit of meeting a lot of couples that do work together. Mm-hmm. And the, the common thread between the couples that seem to work together successfully is just that we hit on it before. Like they, they have complementary skill sets, right? And they don't echo or shadow the other's skill sets. Um, and I think that that's really important because ultimately you have to have a sense, I, I think for this to work, you have to have a sense of, uh, self-worth coming from your side of a business. And I, like Lala said earlier, I, I think we both know, or we're, we're wise enough, hopefully to, to know now that I couldn't do what she does. She can't do what I do. And we're very appreciative and grateful for the other. And I think that the faster you can figure that out and kind of get to those places, um, without, you know, hurting each other, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're, um, then it works. It works really, really well. And we don't get tired of, you know, we, we don't office together. We actually know some, a lot of couples of office in the same office. And I think we've even talked about maybe that, maybe that might be a bridge too far for us, but, um, but we enjoy being around the office. We enjoy being around each other at home. And, um, I think that that's important. Um, I, I think we know a lot of couples who would disagree with that. They really enjoy their time apart from one another. Like I, mm-hmm. I we talked to a lot of couple friends, like, you know, I have to go to the office to get away from him or her or whatever. And it, that, that, um, they probably might not be good candidates. Yeah. And that, that would be like, a red flag. <laughs> You're, I want to start a business with him, but I really hate being around him yeah. like, for eight hours a day. Yeah. If you're escaping your house to go to work to avoid your spouse. Like there might, <laughs> might not be a good idea to start a business. with them. Yeah. Maybe not going to business together. Um, well, I appreciate that. You know, we try to give, and I, I'm with you, Lila. Like, I don't want to, I do, I don't want to, give someone the advice that I was given, which is don't do it. That's crazy. How stupid can you be? Um, that was motivating for me though. Um, that would, I think it was helpful when you tell an entrepreneur, no, but, um, I think, you know, if you have two accountants come to the table with same skill sets and one's going to run sales and one's going to do this, maybe that's a good piece of advice is, you know, do some, 
maybe the personality test. I'd recommend that. Do some self-actualization. Write down what each other's skill sets are. How do you create your own lanes early on? Yeah. Um, and if yeah. they can't, if they all want to do the exact same thing, they're wired the same way, then maybe they need a third partner. How about that? Yeah. And I think that there, there needs to be a state of the union, right? Every, every so often. And I don't, you know, we used to do it a lot more than we do now, uh, but we used to have a check-in once a month or something there about where it would be kind of usually on a date night and we sit down and be like, okay, like what, <laughs> what can I do better? And what mm -hmm. the other one asks, what can I do better? You know, when we, it kind of gives you a chance to air your grievances before it gets to the point where it's like, you know, everyone goes to battle stations and or you have to fight in front of the kids again. Don't do that. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's a reason why those kids aren't around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're still hiding under the desk waiting for the party. Right. Oh, man. Well, you guys have been a blast to, to chat with. I want people to go to um, the gent store to check out Hari Mari. But yeah. the truth is, harimari.com has got everything, anything and everything. So I want you to go check out um, the website there as well. Where uh, Imagine harimari.com, anywhere else where you want people to uh, find your content, find your product. Yeah. Um... We have a top 800 partner stores throughout the U.S. So we have only one state that's left on unhurried marred yet, and that's the great state of Alaska. So if, if you have any Alaskan uh, listeners, followers, viewers out there, uh, let's let's figure a way out to come to come to a store near you soon. Um, yeah, but Hari Mari on Instagram and harimari.com that'd be great. And Gin Store is fantastic. So we appreciate your your partnership. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Well, thank you so much. And uh, this is a, a wrap on uh, on season two and with Hari Mari, with Lila and Jeremy Stewart. Thank you guys again. Thanks, Ben. Enjoy Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben.